10 years from today, Lisa Schneider will trade in her office job to become the leader of a pack of dogs. As the owner of her own dog rescue, that is. A second act made possible by the reskilling courses Lisa's taking now with AARP to help make sure her income lives as long as she does. And she can finally run with the big dogs and the small dogs who just think they're big dogs. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Introducing Batiste's wet-activated and touch-activated dry shampoo. With breakthrough technology that absorbs oil and releases bursts of fragrance whenever you sweat or touch your hair for up to 24 hours, it's the ultimate hair care for girls on the go. Try the newest dry shampoo that's activated by you. Batiste, the future of hair care is here. Buy Batiste Dry Shampoo online or in store at your nearest retailer. With Capella University's FlexPath format, you can set your own deadlines, learn at your pace, and access most coursework from anywhere at any time. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of The Standard is the Standard. That's the Behind the Steel Curtain.com flagship podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Hartman, editor of said website. And joining me, as always, in his purple and gold, the LA Lakers jersey, my friend Lance Williams out on the West Coast. What's up, Lance? How are you? What's up, Steeler Nation? What's up, Jeff? How you guys doing? I am doing great, but I've got to be honest with you, and it, this has a lot to do with the jersey you're wearing, and if people are not watching live on YouTube or watching in replay on YouTube, he is obviously wearing, is that a number eight? Yeah, that's a number is eight. That, okay. I, I have no 24 material. None. I, he I think is I obviously, get yeah. One. Lance is obviously a, a big Laker fan, and we all know about the tragedy that occurred this past Sunday, uh, and it was ironic that we were just, we had just finished a show. Yeah, uh, this is where myself, yeah. Lance, and Dave Schofield were were on for the Steelers Q and A. We were talking about everything from uh, the defense next year to the Pro Bowl rule changes that they were going to try out. And it wasn't shortly after we went off the air that I got a text from Dave Schofield saying, "Oh my gosh, did you hear about Kobe Bryant?" Of course, my response is no. He said, "Check Twitter," and that was when TMZ was really the only one reporting the news. My first thought was, "I don't know if Lance knows, but he needs to." And so I sent Lance a text. And I'm assuming you already knew Lance, I'm sure, right? Yeah, I got a text, and my first response was, F out of here, man. Get the the out of here. Fill in whatever expletive you want. (laughs) And I know that there's a lot of people that might be listening or in the live chat and say, are they really going to talk about this? And the answer is yes, because I think it's important to talk about it. And I haven't gotten a chance. You know, Brian Anthony Davis was on. Sunday night, and he got to talk about it then. He was on Monday, and even uh, the big bros, Sco and, and Dave Schofield last night on the, on the Steelers stat key, they got to talk. So this is our chance. This is our, our opportunity. We're not going to take a lot of time. This is not going to turn into the Lake Show or anything like that. But I wanted to give Lance a platform, especially to kind of verbalize his thoughts about the situation, and it's, it's a tragedy. So go ahead, Lance. Yeah, you know, when I first heard the story, I think where it resonated with me was – uh, I mean, regardless of his fame, 
um, you know, the amount of money he possessed and was worth and, you know, all of that stuff is that I think, you know, uh, and Jeff can speak to it as the dad of five kids that, you know, when you enter the fraternity of fatherhood, it's like it's a fraternity that we all share across, you know, race, creed, color, you know, whatever. You know, we all share that, you know, we enter that fatherhood and, you know, that bond, that fraternity and where it touched me the most was, you know, he was just doing ordinary dad stuff, albeit in a helicopter. I mean, this past weekend I was doing dad stuff. I mean, I was driving two and a half hours early in the morning, taking my daughter to and fro up and down a highway to soccer tournaments. And for all the dads out there, you know, that do the same. I mean, I think we we bonded on that level like we could I mean, we you know, we can put ourselves in those shoes. I mean, you know, what happened to Kobe could befall any of us. And so, you know, it touched me on that personal level. And it's just really a tragedy that, you know, his daughter, you know, will not be able to do a lot of things that we have taken for granted in our lives. And so, you know, it's just unfortunate um, you know, because if it had just been him and some of the other members on the on the helicopter, it would have been tragic. But at least you can say you could have said, well, they they've lived pretty complete lives. They got a chance to do it. You know, you can you gain some a little bit of solace in that. But, you know, you had children on there and you have, you know, the Altabelli family that's affected. You know, they're survived by two daughters that no longer have parents. I mean, it's just a rough thing. Um, and it, for me, it just resonated with me because, you know, Kobe and I, Jeff, you coach your son. I'm sure there's people on the show that coach, you know, that, you know, their kids and do the same thing that, you know, me and Kobe were doing. I mean, you and I me, mean, Jeff and his son, me and, and, and my daughter, you know, whoever's listening, we're doing the same thing that that Kobe is doing. And, you know, it was just great to see him transition, you know, the post Mamba, post assassin. And just see how comfortable he was with just being Kobe the dad. And so it's just unfortunate that, you know, that got cut short. And so I want to send my condolences to the Bryant family and to all the families, out the Belly family, and all the families that lost loved ones on that uh, terrible accident, in that terrible accident. Um, yeah, to to piggyback off of what you just said, and you, you pretty much hit the nail on the head, is that this this isn't about a basketball player that won five championships and was in how many all-star games and team league MVP finals, MVP, all those accolades that he racked up during his amazing career for the Los Angeles Lakers. This is about uh, just to, like you said, it, it, these, these were kids and you said it. And I said it to my wife when it happened is that, you know, when I first heard it was just Kobe Bryant. You know, that Kobe Bryant passed away in a, in a tragic helicopter accident and, I, and he was 41. And I told my wife, you know, this is a generational talent. Every now and then you see guys that you won't see another player like him in your generation. That's the definition of a generational talent. We've talked about that regarding Troy Palomalu. We will not see another Troy Palomalu anytime soon. Um, then I found out that his daughter died. And that is when like the dagger went right through my heart. Um, you know, my kids, my son's 11, he's the oldest, uh, all the way down to one. And, you know, it's, it's tough. It's tough to watch these clips that you see on social media. It's, it's strange. It's, I'm almost addicted to seeing some of the, the things that I never saw. I'm not a basketball fan. I'm not an NBA fan. I'm not a Laker fan. I'm not a Kobe fan. I, I, I'm not, I have no, no dog in this particular fight. 
but I find myself unbelievably enamored with him in these videos and him speaking and his mentality. And I, I you know, you've heard about Mamba and the mentality, but if, if you're like me and in the off season of football, you watch hockey, you don't really follow the NBA. I mean, you know who Kobe Bryant is. Heck, everyone knows who Kobe Bryant is. Anyone that's anyone that's just a name, a first name that tells you all you need to know. If you say, Hey, Kobe dropped 40 last night. No one's saying who everyone knows Kobe Bryant. It's Kobe. And it was, it was tragic. And I, I find myself just, you can't look away, but you want to, like, I really find myself wanting to just turn off my phone and, and just saying, okay, I, I, I've got to, I, I got to keep my life in check. I want to take it for what it's worth change my life if I feel that it needs to be changed anyway. And ultimately, but man, when his daughter, I found a 13 year old daughter and I, I teach middle schoolers and she would have been like one of my students that I teach. And it's a, just a horrible, horrible tragedy. I mean, and I, I can't really put into words and I don't know how some of the people that knew him closely, like Jerry West, you've seen him on every talk show, every TV show, and, and he's held it together. Kudos to him. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal gave a really good tribute to him on TNT last night that I saw on Twitter. Um, it's a shame. It's a shame. And, and it is important to say what you said, Lance, and it wasn't just the Bryant family. There were all those families. There are two kids that are orphaned now because yeah. their parents, yeah, their absolutely. parents were both in the, in, in the helicopter. Um, so I'm sure that we're going to hear more news about what happened, what took place, why it happened. Um, there's a lot of reports and, you know, rumors out there in regards to why they were in the air at all. I don't know. And I don't think that's important right now, but like, uh, like I said earlier, I, it's the way I approach it is that when something extremely tragic and, and, and that touches your life in some way, shape or form, then, you know, you take it with, you take it, take it with you. You know, if Kobe Bryant's death means that a whole lot of people hug their kids a little bit tighter, tell some people that they love them a, a little bit more than they usually do, then, I think that he would say that's a win. It sounds horrible, but I think you understand what I'm saying. So Lance, anything yeah. else to add? Yeah. You know, it, it'll just, you know, it's just really tragic, really unfortunate. And, um, you know, I've, I've, I've found myself to where I've just got to remove myself from it. Um, I think the L Duncan, after I watched the L Duncan clip about Kobe being so proud to be a girl's dad, I was just like, I'm done. I, I can't like these emotional, like I'm just getting, you know, yeah. I'm just getting pulled and tugged in so many different emotional directions. You have, so, you have what three? You have three yeah, I have girls? three, and so I I'm like, four. that's. I mean, yeah, th there you go. Like, I'm like, that's me. Yeah. Like, that's, you know, you know, that's me. So, um, you know, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure I'll tune back in, you know, because I definitely want to see uh, the memorial. I, I definitely want to watch that. I'll, I'll be watching. So I'm just, I'm just removing myself for it to just brace myself for when that shows because you know ironically you know my mom still lives in the los angeles inglewood area so i was getting stuff you know probably a lot sooner so there was and one thing i do want to say is the reporting on it was absolutely terrible um it was really bad um and you know i i, I wouldn't be surprised or i hope the family does something to some of these outlets because the, the reporting was so irresponsible um, that it that it was terrible, but I was getting reporting, you know, from my mom via text because she was in L.A. And so at that point in time, everything was split screen. So it was unfortunately that I was hoping that it wasn't true, but she pretty much confirmed it through the report that she got in L.A. Maybe like five minutes, 10 minutes after you text me. So yeah. hopefully 
you know, everybody in the incident over time, time heals all wounds. You know, they will be made whole and anybody's life that he touched will be made whole over the course of time emotionally. And let, let me just finish with this. And this is just a quick sidebar. I, I realize because I am privy to analytics of our YouTube channel and to our audio platforms and to the same exact type of information for BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. The majority of our audience are males, not all of our audience. We have some fine females that come into our live chat and participate and are very knowledgeable. I'm not stating that at all, but the vast majority are males. I want to make it very clear that if a male saw this and got emotional and felt emotional, that there's nothing wrong with that. I've never met Kobe Bryant. I've never been west of Ohio. <laughs> really? But but I was emotional. Yeah. And it's okay. It is okay to basically have feelings. And I think that's important for men to realize is that when you have children, even if you don't have children, if you're around nieces, nephews, grandkids, doesn't matter. The whole don't cry stuff, man, that's BS. Emotion's emotion. You got to show that emotion. Yeah. And you know what? It's a talking point for your kids. If you're around them, we talked about it. My kids heard about it. And it's, it's one of those situations where I really wish that dads and we all are hashtagging girl dad today. I know I am Lance's in terms of the fact that we are fathers of girls, just because you might have girls in your life doesn't mean that the boys in your life don't need that hug and that, you know, the talk and say, Hey, it's okay to cry. That's not a girl thing. It's okay to cry. And so I've seen a lot of people in the live chat already saying, you know, Hey, I shed a tear and that's okay. That's okay. This is extremely sad. All those lives cut short in the blink of an eye, and that's okay. I just want everyone to know that that's okay. Yeah, I'm gonna have to cut. The, I'm gonna have to cut it. I'm gonna have to cut the tension and say I'm gonna shed a tear that you haven't <laughs> been west of Ohio. <laughs> well, I get you to the Pacific Ocean, man. Fish tacos. Put your well, put your yeah, in the it's, Pacific. It's not. Man. It's not by design. I mean, I've been really far east. I've been over the pond. I've been to Europe twice. I've been south to Cancun. I've just never been further west of Ohio. So there you go. But uh, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. I, I, you got some of that Pittsburgh in you, like where you know, you know where. Go, hey man, you just I, go to Myrtle Beach. You just go to Myrtle Beach every exactly, exactly. I got I got relatives in Pittsburgh, man, and never, like you said, never come west. Like I'm, I'm part of my family, pretty much all in Pittsburgh, and I'm one of the few members my mom and folks that that are west like it's only a few of us and folks never come west they're just like no <laughs> okay so we didn't want to spend a, a vast or more joyous show but i know that lance is a very passionate laker fan i know he's a big kobe ryan fan just because he's a friend of mine and i've known him for years now and uh so yeah we, we got that out of the way we are going to talk about the pittsburgh steelers and they're not playing but the super bowl is coming up we'll give you our predictions for that game later on in the show but we want to talk about free agency and that's kind of a talking point that's been going on um, really since the season ended. And that is, what are the Steelers going to do? And who are some possible players they might target from other teams? And that's going to be the ultimate talking point of this episode. It's the title of this episode. And it's a situation where, yes, if Dave Schofield were here, he would say, well, you know, it would depend on... <laughs> If they sign Bud Dupree <laughs> and if they bring back Javon Hargrave and all this stuff. And yes, Dave, I know you're listening somewhere, whether it's live or in replay. I know you're listening and we get it. I understand. And I love you. I love you, man. But 
on this on the same token, we want to look at potential players that are out there at key positions. And so we narrowed it down to four positions. Go figure. They're all on the offensive side of the football. How how would anyone guess that? We might maybe we'll do a defensive show as well at some point, but this is all offense for today. We we didn't in no particular order tight end, running back, wide receiver, and offensive line. And so what we're looking at are unrestricted free agents. So what that means is that I told Lance, I don't want to deal with any restricted free agency with putting in tenders. That just is a discussion for, well, really none of our shows, but another day we'll put it that way. So what position do you want to target first? We can target. I think let's target the tight end position. Because I think that's one of the big mysteries. And like you said, we're not going to Dave it and give all the scenarios. We're just going to just operate under the premise of if you can, if we, if you want the guy, you can sign the guy. Um, And and I think the thing for free agency is, you know, one of the biggest factors, of course, is if you're a quality player, but I think it's age is, is one of the big things, age and money. Some of the free agent, I'm going to give you a couple of, of names here. Uh, Eric Ebron, Vernon Davis, Jason Witten, Tyler Eifert, Garrick Selleck, Mercedes Lewis, Charles Clay, Hunter Henry, Darren Fells, Bradley Soul, Austin Hooper, and Lance Kendricks. Those are some names that kind of jump out. Uh, Luke Wilson is another name that jumps out from the Seahawks. Uh, Richard Rogers from the Eagles is available. Nick Vanette, of course, is available as an unrestricted free agent. But those are kind of the prominent names at the tight end position. Let me ask you this question before we get into this exercise. The Steelers are known for not going after top-tier players in free agency. They typically don't even sign anyone on day one, let alone go after a big-name player. Because why? They they never have the space. They don't have the space this year. Even if they don't sign Bud Dupree, they probably don't have the space to get some of these big-name guys. So let's get that a little bit first. My question for you, though, Lance, is they go back to last year. Free agency starts day one. The Steelers go out and sign Steven Nelson, cornerback, who played his whole rookie career with the Kansas City Chiefs. Would you say that at that time, not now, but at that time, was was Steven Nelson even considered a top-tier cornerback? No, I would say he was middle-tier. Okay, so that's, that's important to know. That's important to diagnose because when we're talking about these players, even Steven Nelson, who really said hello to Steeler Nation this year and played his butt off, and I agree with Dave when he said that maybe the best cornerback didn't make the Pro Bowl for the Steelers, and that's Nelson, um, and Joe Hayden went down to Orlando – when you look at that, they're still not going to probably target those top tier guys. So even though Steven Nelson really panned out and was a great addition to the team, they still don't tend to target those top tier players. So let's all keep that in mind as we're going through this, not only about the money and how much they're going to cost, but also the fact that if they're a top tier player and a lot of people are already talking about some of these tight ends in the live chat, let's maybe pump the brakes a little bit. So go ahead, Lance, who are you? Who's a, who's a tight end that you're looking at them potentially signing? So to, to, just to summarize what Jeff was saying, think Moel Day Moore. That, that's kind of how you have no, to you're think right. about you're free right. agency. Think Moel Day Moore. Think bang for your buck. Unfortunately, when you think bang for your buck, it actually might be the tight end that's currently on their roster exactly. in Nick Vanette. That's you know, what I predicted. Really, you know, it really might be Nick Vanette. I, I think when you look at the tight ends that I've listed, I think Hunter Henry is probably the best free agent tight end. Um, 
But the problem is Hunter Henry is coming off of his rookie contract. He's 26 years of age. He was, I believe, the San Diego Chargers or L.A. Chargers uh, number one draft pick at the time. So I can't imagine that they're going to let him walk. I mean, Eric Abron would be another guy. He's still only 27, and it seems like Eric Abron is being in the league forever. But I don't think they could afford an Eric Abron. So I, all, I, all these guys have injury issues, too. Yes, Eric, Eric mean, Ebron. Eric Ebron is hurt every year. Yes, every year. So unfortunately, I, I I think the guy that they probably will target that's if they do not keep Vance McDonald will probably be Nick Vanette, and they'll probably sign a guy in the draft, and they'll just go very young at the position, and tight ends will get limited targets. They'll primarily block. And that's how they'll deal with it. Or, you know, maybe I've heard rumors that Jesse James could get cut and maybe they bring him back. But I don't think they're going to allocate a lot of resource to a free agent tight end. I predicted Vinette to be back and that the Steelers signed him back. And I also predicted that Vance McDonald will not be back to create more salary cap space. And I don't think that even hinges on Bud Dupree, in my opinion. I think the Steelers might just be done with him. He's hurt at least once a year, it seems, at least since he's been in Pittsburgh. I think they will go after Vanette, and I, I like the plan that you had just mentioned, and that is sign Nick Vanette. He's kind of your veteran security blanket. Go out in the NFL draft, see if you can find some talent there. Zach Gentry returns, and maybe, just maybe, you can find someone on the scrap heap, an undrafted rookie or someone, especially if they're a blocker. I said this on another show. Give me a Matt Spath. Give me a Matt Spade, someone that goes in that's going to block. They're not really a, a a a receiving threat, but can block. You know that, that way you have some options at the tight end position. You're not throwing Zach Banner out there because as much as I love Zach Banner, every time he went out there, what they do? Block. Ran the ball. No, they ran. <laughs> yeah, he blocked. They, they ran the ball. There was he no. <laughs> yeah, there was one time where he went out for a pass, and there was the old. Doc Hodges pump fake, and he, in which case his heart was broken. But still, okay, so we agree there that they're probably not going to go after some of those big-name players, whether that's Austin Hooper, Hunter Henry, Eric Ebron, anyone like that. So tight end, don't get your hopes up is what we're saying. Don't get your hopes up for some big-name guy or not even a big-name guy. There is no big-name guy in that group, but a better-known commodity. We'll put it that way. Just uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect it. You agree? I agree. I agree wholeheartedly because think about Vance and just looking at his stats in 2017, he only got 24 targets. 2018 was the big year he had, but even in that year, he got 72 targets, got 50 catches, but he only had, you know, 610 yards receiving. I mean, he scored four touchdowns. So what I, what I think will happen is, and we've talked about that before. We talked about it a lot when uh, Mr. Gummy Richards, Mr. Third and fifth, uh, when he left that, the hardest thing that they were going to have to replace was not only the touchdowns, but it was the targets. You know, how were they going to redistribute maybe 155 to 170 targets? Like, what were they going to do? But I think you can clearly see with their young wide receiver core, and particularly with Juju Smith-Schuster hopefully coming back and being more healthy, that those targets will just go to wide receivers and running backs. And that's yeah. how they'll distribute, mitigate the loss of, Vance McDonald, because I think you're right. I don't think they signed Vance regardless of Bud Dupree. 
Want to temporarily restore definition in your jawline where it's been lost over time? With Juvederm Velux XC, you can get a non-surgical jawline treatment that adds volume for a smooth contour and to reduce the appearance of jowls in one in-office treatment with little downtime. Juvederm Velux XC injectable gel is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D. Erm.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergic to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. You also have to wonder when you're looking at how are they going to distribute the targets is, is, is a, a not having Ben Roethlisberger even a good indicator of what that'll look like? I don't know. Uh, we'll see. So let's move on to the next position. What do you got for us? The next position is the running back position. And let me oh give boy. you some names at the running back position. There's a lot of names in, in, in here. And I'll just give you some more. Uh, just stop me when you want me to stop, Jeff. Lamar Miller. We got Chris Thompson, Jalen Richards, LaShawn McCoy, Carlos Hyde, Melvin Gordon, Theo Riddick, Peyton Barber, Frank Gore, Derrick Henry, Darren Sproles, Marshawn Lynch. All right, you can stop. Because the last two guys are going to be retired. So you can stop. <laughs> well, let me give you let me give you one last <laughs> okay, name. Okay. Bilal Powell. Who is that? From the Jets. He's 32. <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> I mean, what with Max, Bilal, Bilal Powell. Powell. Yes. <laughs> I mean, with backs, y- you can pretty much filter it to any guy in their 20s. Because yeah. there, there'd be no way in the world that they would give a contract to any back that was older than 29, probably older than 28. I mean, I probably could eliminate, if I look at my list, I can probably eliminate any 28 or 29-year-old as well. And that gets you to... Jalen Richards, Mel Gordon, Peyton Barber, Derrick Henry, Isaiah Crowell, Ty Montgomery, Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake is a name. Kenyon Drake is the name. Amir Abdullah, CJ Procise. I mean, so of those guys, Kareem Hunt is also a name on here um, who's 25 years of age, but Kareem Hunt. Is he unrestricted? No, excuse me. Kareem Hunt is a restricted free agent. Sorry about that. So He's that would involve all that tender stuff, and he just got pulled over. And no, yes, good. yes. So, so the list gets even shorter. And so, mm-hmm. when you when you filter it by in your twenties and unrestricted free agent, I think the only name that really stands out, I think, is Kenyon Drake, uh, and. He's he wasn't very expensive, very good player in, in my opinion. I thought he was good in Miami. I thought he was solid at the Cardinals. I mean, that is a guy that I could see the Steelers targeting. And I don't know if Kenyon Drake would demand a lot of money, but the male Gordons, Derrick Henry, you know, those guys are just absolutely not within the price range. Uh, CJ Procise, maybe. You know, maybe a guy like that. I don't know how much better he would be than the guys that they have. Uh, I'm not overly enamored with uh, Benny and the Jets. But, um, 
did he do enough to to get rid of the moniker Benny No Jets? I uh, not 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 for me. I don't necessarily want to go back on my word. I did call him rush I, for a hundred yards in a game, then you maybe lose the moniker. He's come close twice. He looked good against Baltimore, but no lateral burst. No well, year lateral. two, year two in the Steelers system is when the running backs tend to do better. And so yeah. this leads me to what my prediction is going to be. They're not going to sign anybody. I, They're I, not going I to bring agree. in a running back. I, I agree. <laughs> because if you look at their top tier backs in their system, not top tier in the National Football League, James Conner, dirt cheap still on his rookie deal, in his final year of his rookie deal. I mean, it's not going to hurt to keep him around, even though he's always hurt, but it's not going to hurt the team to keep him around. Benny Snell Jr., Jalen Samuels. Keep him around. That's true. Jalen Samuels. And then I think a lot of people are, are in agreement that Kareth White is decent and is that change of pace guy and can also be a special teams player in terms of return man. So for me, I look at this and say, I don't think they're going to sign anyone. Barring an injury, barring something like someone tearing an ACL, popping an Achilles and while they're training in the offseason, I don't think the Steelers do a darn thing at the running back position. Maybe they draft a running back late in the draft because I don't even think some people are saying they need they need a beast running back, but those don't grow on trees. They just don't. Okay. Derrick Henry's they don't come around very often, you know, and so I don't expect the Steelers to make any moves at running back. I think they stay with who they have and try to figure out a way to make it work to the best of their abilities. But let's be honest, who could potentially be coming back next year? Old number seven. What does number seven hate to do? Hates to hand the ball off. Yeah. So what does it matter? What does it matter anyways? Get him a back that can catch. And honestly, James Conner has shown since he's entered the league that he can catch the football out of the backfield. Kareth White's the same way. So we'll, we'll see. I don't think they make any moves. You agree or disagree? I, I hate to agree with you all the time, but <laughs> your guy does have a bad wing. He does have a bad elbow. He might have to extend it a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> but will he be under center? That's the question. No. And so that makes no. it easier for him to turn and, and, and hand it. Yes, you know, he, side would actually, he would actually have to take some steps, like burn some calories, turn like if he would under center, turn it. <laughs> Hey, Jeff, you got to send Ben Jeff Fit. That's Jeff's new product. That's his new uh, fitness program. It's called Jeff Fit. He, he sent it to Ben, and, and we're going to see. If I, ben I haven't used. heard back. I don't know why I haven't heard back yet. I know, come on, Jeff. Now I know it's like nutritious shakes, supplements, yeah, absolutely, um, some CBD oil for your joints. Yes, uh, I love that stuff. Jeff Fit, you know, we got to get you guys now, on it. Here's a, here's a question that Ezra uh, in the live chat says running back by committee, right, Jeff? And I, I'm sure if he's poking fun, uh, but I had suggested that I think the Steelers running back core is set up really nice for that. But Lance, you're shaking your head. And I think it's for the same reason. Is it because of Mr. Randy land? Yeah, man, we saw that running back core last year. One guy that's got a bad bumper. I mean, if you know, if you hit them too, if you hit them a little too hard, the bumper's going to fall off. The muffler's going to be dragging. It's going to get bad mileage, bad gas mileage, and you in bad emissions. That's James Conner. Bad emissions. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you, you got one guy that has no lateral quickness that can't accelerate. That'll improve. That'll improve going into. So you got a guy year. with a bad bumper, bad emissions. You got to drive in the slow lane. 
and you got a car in Jalen Samuels that works every third day. I mean, oh man, that, that you know what? This is getting me depressed. You know, I, I've been sad all week anyway. <laughs> I'm getting depressed because it sounds like free agency, man, is gonna just be once again, Steeler fan sitting by the computer, nothing coming across the wire. Look. Look, man, I, I hate to say this because, you know, I want to generate excitement about free agency and I want the people to come to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for articles about free agency. I want people to listen to our podcast to talk about free agency like people are doing right now. But ultimately, I have to prepare fans for a very traditional Steelers free agency. And you know what it feels like? You're the kid at Christmas that is watching everyone open their presents and they're like, man, I got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> Did you see? Let me see if I can do this, Jeff. Let me see if I can do this. Just click on it. The, there you go. And then you click on it again to take it that off. That is the funniest comment <laughs> <The artist>. ever. <laughs> <laughs> Young and Woodburn. He called James. He called him a Yaris. He says James <laughs> Connor's not a Prius. He's a, he's a dang Yaris this year. <laughs> oh, man. Yaris is, is, look, Jeff talked a lot at the, in the beginning of the show, and I thought he made great points about men getting into their inner emotions. And, yeah, and, and Jeff is absolutely right. But is a Yaris worse than a minivan? I've, dude, you, you are going on some, you're, you're walking on some landmines for me because I drive a Prius and we had a minivan. <laughs> Well, you got an excuse. You got a lot of legs. Shoot, we're gonna need one of those of like extended vans pretty soon. Oh my goodness! <laughs> wow, you got a minivan, Jeff. Well, my wife drives the van. I, I drive forty-five minutes one way, so I drive the Prius for the gas mileage, and I'm I'm proud of it. I love that car. That thing gets me like in the in the springtime when the weather's just perfect, not too hot, not too cold. Man, I get like almost seventy miles to a gallon on my drive. Wow, That's, the minivan mafia. You know, you probably, yeah, we run, you, you probably run faster in your minivan. Well, our minivan, oh my gosh. You just think about that. Five kids in that thing. Every time you open up that door, I feel like there's more trash coming out. I don't know what they're doing. It's nuts. It's nuts. But let's continue with the free agent talk. What do you what what position are we going to next? We're going to wide receiver. Oh, and oh boy. Here we go. So I've already sorted this. Emmanuel by- Sanders. Yeah. Well, give me did your you, thoughts on that. Did I, you read those I, comments? I know you were, you, I, well, you gave me your passwords. So I read the same article you did on the athletic. <laughs> yeah, just out me. But um, <laughs> what I, I read like the first couple of sentences, and I just said, sometimes you can't allow yourself to get sucked into a clickbait article. Like, man, he, I guess he just wanted to get that off his chest. But I thought that was old. I thought we all knew. He didn't like Ben Roethlisberger and that the bur- the bridge was pretty burnt. Not that they were going to bring him back anyway. I thought that was kind of like well known. I didn't understand why that was news for some well, reason. Let, let me say, because I, yeah, I did not write. Um, I, I didn't write that article. Like I could have done that scrape and I have a personal feeling on paid prescription uh, prescription subscription sites. <laughs> And taking their content and take putting it to the masses. I, I disagree with doing that. I don't do that a lot um, on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. But when I read that article, I thought to myself, you know what? If he would have framed this differently, if he wouldn't have taken those digs a little bit, I could have seen the Steelers interested in him. You know, here's an aging wide receiver 
who still has talent coming off in his injury history towards Achilles two years ago and is coming off a Super Bowl appearance. So he has that experience under his belt. He's won a Super Bowl with Denver, been very successful after he left Pittsburgh. I, before I read those comments, I said, you know what? I could actually see them considering bringing back Emmanuel Sanders. But after that, nope, not now. How, how old is he, Jeff, by the way? He came in the same year as Antonio Brown. So he's, he was, uh, he's in his 32, maybe. Yeah, there he is. That's, uh, I, look, I, I look. I filtered him out just because he's thirty three. Okay. That 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 wasn't gonna happen. You know, I I just filtered him out because I was like, he's too old. I mean, they're, 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 you know, they're not gonna. I mean, you can't. I mean, how you know? How can you frame a contract around somebody will do it? But how can you frame a contract around um, a guy thirty three? I mean, you're gonna give him a five year deal. I mean, you can't give him big money. No, because I don't think I mean, he's expecting that. I don't think he's expecting. I think he's expecting max three-year deal, and you front load that money. And I know that um, Ali says he's not interested in the Steelers with Ben. Maybe you missed that. No, I didn't miss that. I saw that. But if he wouldn't have said it, if he would have said, you know, hey, I think I could play with Ben. I think Ben's changed a lot. I think that he's a mature. He's matured a lot. I think he's probably a better leader from what I've heard from the locker room. Then I think the Steelers would have said it. Let's put him on the I radar. Thought, but I after that, kinda, no. I thought he kind of intimated that. Like I, I, I mean, I'll be honest. I, when I read it, I looked at it. I was like, yeah, let me read two sentences of this, and and I'm and I'm gone. But I think he's about as signable after the article as Josh Gordon, which yeah. means not signable. And yeah. just think about it. Josh Gordon is only twenty nine. Wow. Like, geez. But here's some names: Devin Funches. Of course, they won't do Amari Cooper. Uh, Chester Rogers, Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson's an interesting name from the Jets. I think Robbie Anderson you could get cheap. Uh, Geronimo Allison is another interesting name you could get. Uh, you got Philip Dorsett, Nelson Aguilar, uh, Tavon Austin, Cody Lattimore, Justin Hardy, Jordan Matthews, DeAnthony Thomas. Uh, that'd be interesting from a special teams perspective. Chris Moore, Demarcus Robinson, Farrell Cooper, Corey Coleman. There's a lot of names of guys out here that are unrestricted free agents in their 20s um, that are available. Uh, Funches is interesting, um, but I, but but of the names that I mentioned, like Robbie Anderson is a deep threat. Uh, Geronimo Allison is a big body. I don't like Philip Dorsett, really. Um, but I don't know if there's a lot of sexy names um, on this list. And I'm only talking about guys that are 26 or, or in their 20s. I'm not mentioning A.J. Green and guys like that in their 30s. I just don't think the Steelers will go out and try to acquire any wide receiver um, that is in their 30s in unrestricted free agency. And unfortunately, Jeff, I, I think I know what you're going to say when it comes to free agency and them getting a wide receiver. Don't sign another Dante Moncrief. Is that what you thought I was going to say? <laughs> well, meaning, well, and I'll translate I, I, that to they're not going to sign anybody. Well, I'm not going to go that far. They're not going to target anyone on day one, two, or three. They're going to let people pay out the wazoo for some of these receivers that are not worth the money they're going to get. But I don't. I think they've learned their lesson after Moncrief. I could see them maybe if there's a, a name on your list 
that would not be considered top tier. So like I started this whole exercise about, and they think, you know what, this, this is a player that we could bring in. Think of a Johnny Holton that could actually catch the football. Okay. Not a household name, speed, special teams guy, but has a little bit better hands. I could see them making that move because if it's financially smart, you know, you're talking about you sign a guy for two years, the first year he's making less than 2 million or something. You give him a decent signing bonus. He's happy to play. He's happy to be there. So I'm not saying I, I don't have a name. Let me give you a name. For you. Oh, Philip Dorsett. Sure. Let's do it. <laughs> I think they need it. I mean, <laughs> unless they think they're going to go wide receiver early in the draft, I think you bring someone else in. If they don't make the team and they have to be cut, it's not the end of the world. But I do think they try to bring someone in. Go ahead. That's a great point. According to, you know, pundits say everything before the draft, but according to almost everyone, this is the deepest wide receiver draft probably in the last 25 years. So if you yeah. couple that with the fact that, I think they feel good about their young guys at the position. They draft a guy, and they draft more of a stereotypical X receiver, big body, vertical guy that looks like Martavius Bryant. Yeah. Yeah, that, that absolutely. I mean, like you said, I think this draft is absolutely just stock full of great wide receivers. So maybe if they if, if they don't go in free agency and get one, I think it's probably safe bet that they're going to try to grab one in the upcoming draft. And we'll, I think they're all, everyone is banking on them still getting that third round pick compensatory pick for Le'Veon Bell, which would definitely help them a lot when it comes to trying to snag one of these receivers. So, okay. We agree on the wide receivers. They're not going to go after any big name players. Uh, maybe just maybe they'll get a, a lower tier player. If not look for that in the draft. So the last position is offensive line. Let's so I need, that. so I need your help on this, Jeff, give me a position as well with the offensive line that you think they may target? I think they need more interior line. So guards and centers. Um, I, I think no, that's where they need to be. Center, left guard, right guard, and, and give you. And so with offensive okay. line, I'm not going to sort it by age because, you know, you can get quality offensive line play uh, with guys that are a little bit older and not pay them a lot. Some names – so it's interesting, according to uh, Pro Football, not Pro Football Outsiders, but over to Cap.com, they have B.J. Finney listed as a center. But, of course, some of the names are Ryan Khalil. I'm going to name some centers. B.J. Finney, Evan Boehm, A.Q. Shipley, Joe Looney, Tyler Shatley, Tony Bergstrom, Ben Garland, Ryan Groy, Graham Glasgow, Brett Jones, Josh Andrews, Connor McGovern, Ted Karras. I wonder if he's one of the Karras family. Um, Wes Schweitzer. I, I think, before you make a comment, Jeff, I think when you hear those, and I probably butchered probably 90% of those names, <laughs> uh, what this says to me is B.J. Finney's going to get money. Yeah. He's the best player of that list, and he's still 29. And so, and because he didn't come into the league with a super high pedigree, you can probably get him at a reasonable price and not break the bank. So I predict that he probably will be lost. Well, that's the thing. A lot of people in the live chat right now are saying, resign Finney. I feel like BJ Finney, even if you someone suggests, you know, you cut Foster, I think that's a pretty much given at this point. You 
take his savings and pay Finney. I think it's going to cost a lot more than that. I think Ramon Foster is about a $4 million savings uh, for the Steelers. It's going to cost a heck of a lot more than that because I think that he's going to go the way of Kelvin Beecham and Chris Hubbard. And those are guys that the Steelers developed that turned into uh, not household names, but big free agent names that got big money on the open market. I trust me. I'd love to have BJ Finney back. I just don't think it's in the cards. Just like I don't think Javon Hargrave is going to be back because they're not going to be able to pay him. Period. So if they could somehow find a way, and if he gives them some type of hometown discount, let's keep in mind that he was a Steeler fan growing up. He went to Kansas State. There's a video that we published on the website when he got the call that he was an undrafted uh, rookie from Pittsburgh. He chose. He was ecstatic. So unless he says, "Hey, I've always wanted to play for this team, and I only only want to play for this team," I'm going to give you a discount. I don't think he's back. Period. Looking at the left guards. Daryl Williams, Eric Flowers. I can't believe Eric Flowers is still in the league. Andrews, Pete, Mike Ayupati, Quentin Spade, Max Garcia, Ted Larson, Stefan Wisniewski, Patrick Owen, Dakota Dozier, Greg Van Roten, Xavier Suafilu, Joe Thune, and James Ferens, and Alex Lewis. I don't really know any of those guys. I can't imagine that. I mean, if you know a bunch of those guys, you. I mean, you really watched a ton of football and I feel sorry for you. Uh, <laughs> but I, I don't think any of those names, uh, Brandon Sheriff, uh, th- this is at right guard, uh, Michael Schofield, Kenny Wiggins, Tom Compton, Kevin Pampfline, Pampfill, Tom Compton. Th- there's really no interior linemen that really jump off the page just in terms of what I'm looking here, you know, I, I think what the Steelers will try to do, it's going to be interesting because I think, like you said, I think everything you said about Finney is probably spot on. I think it'll be difficult to keep him. I think what you could see happen is, you know, what you talked about and predicted a while ago is that they kick Filer inside after they give him a tender. Um, and hopefully they can retain him as an RFA, kick him inside and then you go with some of the assets that you drafted and Chooks and some other guys potentially for that right tackle position. You the, the one thing that the Steelers value the most, especially on their offensive line, is position versatility. They love guys like Finney that can play guard and center. They kill two birds with one stone. Two roster spots basically taken up by one guy. And when you have – yeah, I saw that. Wes with a great comment. He knows all these offensive linemen. But still, so uh, when you look at – gosh, Lance, get off the – stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Lance is just now figuring out that uh, – taking the comments on and off the screen. Anyways, um, I, I think when you look at – Players like Filer, they, they all possess that versatility that Mike Tomlin loves on the offensive line. If they can keep Finney, then that is awesome. That doesn't mean that they're going to. I don't know how many of the players that you just listed, whether it's at left guard or at center, can bounce in and out. Okay, um, I don't understand, you know, exactly what these all these players possess because I don't know them. Like you you said, Lance, like you don't know them. So we'll be interested to see. I do think that if they lose Finney and if they get a feeling that they're going to lose Finney, because trust me, they can, they can talk contracts with him right now when their season's over. They probably have an idea as to what he is expecting on the open market. And if they want to give him the money, if they want to pay him, then 
great. That's awesome. I think it's the best case scenario because then if Pouncey, you could potentially be getting your future center at Finney if you like him there the most. You could be getting him one for when Pouncey's done. So it'll be interesting to see what are your predictions for how they handle this. This episode is brought to you by J. Crew. This spring, J. Crew is telling a linen love story. From perfectly rumpled beach cover-ups and effortlessly sexy suiting to button-up shirts from the world-famous Baird McNutt Mill in Ireland, the new J. Crew collection is made to be shared, lived in, and loved for decades and generations to come. Shop linen like you've never seen it. And more new arrivals for spring 2024 at jcrew.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Um, it's going to be tough. I mean, I think they're going to offer him a deal for sure. I think they value him and they will offer him a deal. Will he be back? I don't know, because I think like you said, I think he's going to get offered more money on the open market and it'll be up to him. Um, But I think the one thing that you do know at the end of free agency, if these guys don't get deals, then they weren't valued. And that's that's always the. You know, the big question, the burning question, so to speak, is just how much do the Steelers value these guys? Because, you know, the eye in the sky does not lie. And so this comes down to what Ian talked about. You've talked about other guys in the live chat. This starts with player evaluation. You know, where do they think what do they think the player is? And so that'll always, um, you know, start the conversation. It's a great question. How do the Steelers value? their upcoming free agents, you know, you have to wonder if Stefan too, it doesn't get hurt. You know, does Javon Hargrave play minimal snaps again, even in his final year of his kind, you don't know that he played great and he came off a year where he had six and a half sacks last year. But um, it's, it, that's a good question. That might be a burning question topic coming up by someone. I think it's a good topic, a good question to ask. So, um, I wanted to talk about Juju Smith-Schuster a little bit, but I think I'm going to save that for next week because we're about, we're at about 46 minutes. Um, oh, see, let's I, talk. You already got. I'm like, you know, I, I'm you teased it for me. I'm like, what is it? Mm, tune in next week to find out. But I do want to talk oh. about the Super Bowl. I want to talk about the Super Bowl. It's this Sunday with all the stuff that's gone on with the Kobe Bryant tragedy, and it just feels like holy. It feels like the season's already over. I mean, I don't know if Lance, if you feel yeah, that way, it, it feels like, like it the does. season's over. It, it, yeah. And I, I told my wife this. I said, I feel, I feel bad for the Chiefs and 49ers, especially the Chiefs, because they haven't been to the game in so long. Because last week, the first week was the, the Houston Astros cheating scandal. Like, everyone was talking about it. No one was talking about the Super Bowl. And that's natural for the first week of the prep. But then the Pro Bowl comes, and then Kobe Bryant, obviously, on Sunday, he passes away in that horrific accident. And now no one's talking about the Super Bowl. Like, no one. We're We're Wednesday. You know, I, I don't. No one is talking about the Super Bowl, but it's still yeah, going to be. It's, it's still going to be happening. Uh, it's going to be down in Miami, and it should be a good game. I I do think it's going to be a good game. To me, this is strength versus strength. It's defense versus offense. But Lance, if you were to pin it down to one specific aspect of this game that could lead to a win for one team or the other, what is it? I think on the Kansas City side is it's pass pro. 
if they can pass protect, they're going to light anybody up. You know, if you keep Mahomes upright, I mean, you, you can't stop them. There, there's, there's nothing you can do. You just can't hold up. You don't have enough bodies to cover what they're going to bring. I mean, you, you can't hold up that speed. They're one of the fastest teams I've ever seen on offense at every skill position. I mean, they can run. I mean, they're even faster than like those Raider teams of like the seventies and eighties when essentially uh, Al Davis wanted everybody on offense to run a four, two. I mean, Kansas city is blurry fast. So if the 49ers can effectively get pass rush without allocating too many assets and resources, meaning players to getting that they'll go a long way to winning the football game on the 49ers side. They got to be able to run the football and score touchdowns. I mean, they got to be thunder, man. Steal my, they got to be able to run. They got to be able to run the football, but equally important. They've got to play sound. They've got to play defense. I mean, that you, you know, there's a misconception, right? And, and people, my age and older, Oh, you can take the air out the ball. You can't take the air out of the ball for 60 minutes. Every team is going to probably get eight to nine possessions per game. You better play defense in those possessions. So, okay, go ahead. Are you done? I'm done. You're talking about a team that in an NFC championship game threw it eight times. You just said you can't take the air out of the ball for 60 minutes. They did that. No, but the teams they played still had enough possessions. I mean, Green no, Bay. No, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, but my gosh, they won. They they punched their ticket to the Super Bowl throwing it eight times. I mean, think about that. Yeah, but they ran for almost three hundred yards. <laughs> so no, I know, I mean, but that's why for me, like everyone, everyone asked me, "Hey, what do you think about the Super Bowl? What do you think about the Super Bowl?" I, like, I think at first, I think it's gonna be a great game. I'll say that right now. If the San Francisco 49ers want to win, they have to be able to run the ball. Period. If they can run the football, and I think that Kansas City is light up front. I think they are going to be able to run the football. And if they can just control the clock, it's what they use. What everyone used to try this against Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning could score so quick, and he was so methodical, and they take up so much time, and it would just be like death by a million cuts. And you would just say, well, if we can run the ball, if we can control the line of scrimmage, if we can control the clock, he can't beat us from the sideline. And so – I think if if Shanahan's smart, he is going to come out, run the football, try to control the clock. It's going to come down to the red zone. Can you score touchdowns when the when the field gets short? And if you can, Mahomes and the, they can score so quick. That's the thing. That's what makes this game really intriguing for me. I'm actually excited to watch this game on Sunday. And for once in, in a long time, we're actually hosting some family members over. I'm not going to have to leave and go anywhere at halftime. I can just sit down and watch the Super Bowl. And so for me, it's going to be really interesting to see how these coaches, because I think both of them are really good offensive minds, how they approach this the game. Best. They've had, the had two weeks to prepare. What wrinkles are they going to throw out? Like, What crazy motion is Andy Reid going to have Tyreek Hill or Sammy Watkins doing? Um, how are they going to use Williams out of the backfield? It seems to be how they use him the most in the playoffs. Uh, uh, for the San Francisco, are they going to trust Jimmy Garoppolo to actually throw the ball more than eight times and maybe win him a game? Is George Kittle going to come back and be the dynamic tight end that we've all seen all season? Like, he hasn't been in the playoffs. He's been a blocker. He's been good, but he's been a blocker. But I'm excited. Let me throw you. Let me. Let me. You know, I don't. I don't disagree with what you're saying. But let me. Let me tell you this though, Jeff. Would Would you be surprised that Green Bay had the ball more than the Niners? Uh I, I guess I would. 
But yeah. then again, I turned that game off really early. <laughs> Green Bay had it 32 minutes. <laughs> so Green Bay had it 31 minutes and 13 seconds to San Francisco's 28 minutes and 47 seconds. Hmm. And that's with San Francisco obviously running the ball 42 times. Yeah. Green Bay still had the ball more. And let me look at possessions. I'm looking at the game book. And Green Bay had 10 possessions. Green Bay had 10 possessions, and San Francisco still ran it 42 times. So that just how goes. Many, how many turnovers did Green Bay have? I know they had the strip sack. Uh, let's see. I'm, I'm did he turn it? Yeah, Sherman had a Sherman had interception. Sherman had an interception late in the game. He threw he threw two picks. They had two picks and a fumble. So they, had, so they had three turnovers. So let's keep that in mind. Ten possessions, three of them. Went to the other team. Right. So, but still, they had 10 turnovers. They had 10 possessions, right? Yeah. So, as much as you want to run it and you want to try to take the air out, teams are going to get possessions. I mean, you're going to have to play defense. And so, what I think a lot of times people miss um, is that it's a combination of running the ball and playing good defense. Even if you don't run it well, you gotta play solid defense. If you if you take if you ask me which one do they have to do, they gotta play better. They gotta play really good defense. Because yeah. I think I, I think Shanahan is gonna surprise people. I, I think Shanahan is gonna try to light Kansas City up. I, I think he's gonna go out, be ultra aggressive, and try to put forty something on the board and say, "Look, we're gonna put a big lead out there. We're gonna force you to pass, and we're gonna go hunt. Let's go get him." It, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be really interesting because they have some they have some receivers that they can throw the ball. If they trust Jimmy Garoppolo, which was that's what I come back to what I said earlier. So, what's your prediction for Super Bowl Fifty Four? I'm sure you go Bang Bang Niner Gang. Am I right to win? Bang Bang Niner Gang. <laughs> bang Bang Niner Gang. What's your prediction? Uh, I think the Niners win. I think the Niners win uh, by at least a touchdown. I think it's going to okay. be a high-scoring game. I'm thinking, like, I think the the their, their game that they played in 2018 was so entertaining. Uh, and this is the game where Jimmy Garofalo blew out his ACL scrambling. And um, I like the Niners in this game. I think the Niners are the better team. I always go with the team with the better defense. Not necessarily better defense in running game, but better defense. I think this is going to be a tough game for both defenses, but I like the better defensive team and the more well-rounded team. And I, and I think the San Francisco 49ers will join the Steelers and that team up north with six championships. I disagree. I'm going to say that the Chiefs win. It's going to be a slow start, I think, for both teams. And Kansas City has started slow the entire postseason. I think the Chiefs have a last-second field goal to win 27-24. to 24. And it's going to be a good one. I think this is going to be one we're going to remember that we're going to talk about for a long time. I saw that, Lance. It's an AB. I don't know if that's uh, Richard Gummies. He puts a dollar ninety nine in the tip tray. He says, hey, Lance, can you tell your Tupac story? I'm not familiar with this. I don't know. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll tell my Tupac story briefly since you, you – since you, um, so I, I used to be an MC. So I have I, – I can put that on a live chat where you can hear my record. I have some records that I released. I used to be an MC. You know, I was pretty well known in the Bay Area for being an MC. And me and Tupac had a, a friend in common. In fact, one of the guys that used to do tracks for me and produce for me produced Tupac's first album, Tupacalypse Now. Brenda had a baby, all that stuff. My boy, God rest the dead, rest in peace, Big D the Impossible. 
he did that whole first album. So we were all, we kind of all ran in the same circles. And so I kind of had a falling out with one of the members of Digital Underground. We had a battle, you know, I took him out, you know, I, I, you know, we had a battle. I won the battle. It created some bad blood between Tupac, Digital Underground, his camp, sort of in my camp, but not really, not that much. I mean, Tupac was kind of a hothead, though. So he was riding for Digital Underground. And so I did a radio show as well, 90.7 Calyx. And so I did a radio show. So I was on a radio for four years or every year of college. I did a radio show. Uh, and so if people are familiar with Stretch and Bobito, the Stretch and Bobito hip hop show, one of the world famous hip hop shows, Stretch and Bobito were friends of me and my boy, Benny B. Our shows were like brother, brother shows. They used to be on our show. We used to be on their show. So our show actually predated Stretch and Bobito. And so we're doing the show. We get a call. Lo and behold, it's Tupac, right? Tupac calls the show and basically threatens me, my DJ, and another MC of ours that was in the group. He threatens us on air. And so me being probably like 19 and 20, you know, I'm like, whatever, dude. If you want it, you can see me. My show is over in about an hour. You know where it is. If you want some, you can get some. You're pulling a Bud Dupree. <laughs> Essentially, I'm pulling a Bud Dupree on air. I'm like, you know where the show is. If you want to pull up, pull up. We'll let it do what it do. So, you know, so long story short, we're like, okay, yo, as soon as we open the door, if he's out there, punch him in the face. I'm going to hit the other dude. Like, we're kind of strategizing our moves of kind of how we're going to do. As soon as we open the door, just hit, I'm going to just punch Pac right in his face. And then we're going to hit the, you know, so we're kind of like, okay, this is how we're going to do it. Like, we're all ready. We come out of the studio. We open the door. No Tupac. Nobody is there. So typical Tupac fashion at that time. He went crazy after Juice, honestly. Um, is that, you know, it was just woofing, you know, nothing to it. In fact, we end up seeing Tupac a couple of weeks later. And he was like, I was like, am I going to have to punch him in the face when I see him this time? He he kind of like was whatever. I love you guys. You know, no beef. Duh, duh. He kind of deaded it himself. And I was just like, this dude's a buffoon. And that's why it, I was like, whatever. But actually, he did go crazy after Juice. So that's my Tupac story. That Tupac threatened me, and I thought I was going to have to fight Tupac. There you go. That's it. That's our celebrity corner for the week. And Lance Williams delivers with Tupac Shakur and his, I guess you would call it a sordid history with the now late rapper. That's a pretty cool story. I never heard that story before. We've been yeah, doing this for a while. He so knew. Cool. I must have said that on the show because he knew. He knew to ask me that. So maybe it's, I don't know. That's oh, weird, but that's know. my that's my Tupac story. There you go. There you go. I did have a question. It's not as cool, but Wes asked uh, what happened to my flag. Uh, moved my office in my house, so I haven't gotten it set up. It's actually, for those watching, it's right here. It'll be set up soon. Don't <laughs> worry. I just threw up the little fathead sticker, had it going, so there you go. Um, <laughs> you can see, I got to show this one. Uh, I, I love it. You You probably, it's hard to do this. This is funny. Did you yell big trust at the end? <laughs> no. Well, but then but then Isaac says Lance killed too <laughs> No, no. We're not starting that rumor. No, We're honestly, not I'm not trying to say I'm like a super tough guy. And honestly, 
I'm being 100%. He was crazy after Juice. After the movie, I would have never done that. Because after the movie Juice, he probably would have showed up with guns and dudes and probably would have tried to kill us. He was crazy after Juice. He absolutely went nuts. He was different. Like, this was pre-Juice above the rim Tupac, where he mm. was still, you know, a broke dude that was trying to get on. <laughs> you know, he wasn't fully crazy Tupac. Fully crazy Tupac? Nah, you didn't want you didn't want problems with that Pac. That Pac was nuts. He he would shoot you, as in he shot cops, so he would easily shoot a regular person. There you go. There you have it, folks. Well, I'll tell you what. We're going to hold the Juju talk until next week. Make sure you tune in next Wednesday for a standard as a standard, but that's not the only program you should be listening to tomorrow night. Myself, Dave Schofield, Brian Anthony Davis will be on for the Steelers preview. Lance will be on for the, yeah, I said it show on Friday. We'll have the Steelers burning question on Saturday and then Sunday. We'll figure something out. Um, I jump on the show. And the first thing I hear is Lance Williams almost fought Tupac. You should listen <laughs> to the rest of the show. If you think that's good. Um, but Lance, we'll have to do something on Sunday. Maybe we'll hop on before the Super Bowl. I don't know. I doubt it's going to be after the Super Bowl. We don't want to do during the Super Bowl, but we will give you some type of content on Sunday um, so that you have something to listen to at least on Monday. So we'll, we'll definitely get that. So, hey, I said in the in the offseason we, we'll probably scale it back. No, nope, still seven shows, seven days a week. There you you go. know, we should do <laughs> I like. I mean, I'll be home a little bit late because I usually go to a house, uh, a friend of ours, um, and uh, I got a funny story about that. I, I talked to a friend in the host in the Super Bowl party, and now they host the Super Bowl party. Big up to the Beelums. They host the Super Bowl party forever now, which is great. Uh, and so, yeah, we should talk if I'm home in time. I'll try to jump on because uh, I think this is going to be one of the best. I think this is lining up to be a fantastic Super Bowl. And I think being on grass also helps the Niners. I think yeah. if it was on turf inside, woo, track me. Yeah, that's right. Snowman puts $5 in the tip jar. We appreciate it. He said, everyone treat everyone like Kobe would with kindness to kind of bring this show full circle. Absolutely. Amen to that. Um, hope you all enjoyed the show. We'll put it that way. Lance, why don't you send us out? And as always, tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe, and RIP and condolences to all the families impacted by the terrible tragedy on Sunday. We will see you next week for another episode of The Standard is the Standard.